confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Hi, I'm Gavin Amit and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. And what a race it was last time out in Japan. Let's just hear again how exciting that final lap was. Dobby is going to win the Japanese Grand Prix. Oh, or is he? Not. Or is he? Oh, the same as Austria. The same as Austria. Now it's a drag race. The Ducati should win, just like Austria. Mark Marquez tried it on. Mark Marquez is not the victor. It's Andrea De Vizioso. A few days on from that, we're now in Australia, and I'm joined for this podcast by Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder. Keith, there you go. A little bit excited there. Has your voice recovered, first of all? Certainly gave it a bit of exercise, didn't it, <laughs> after the arrogant disappearance of the uh, of the voice. But uh, no, all good. I, I've got to say that um, it, I, I kind of could have left it one bend later. It might have been a little bit better, but <laughs> three three bends from the end, I nearly exploded. Uh, so, as did Julian, by the way, but only I think uh, he was speechless, which is <laughs> because it was a stunning end to the race. All set up by that one little mistake from Mark Marquez. If he hadn't allowed that sort of... How did he save that? Well, I mean, even Dovey said afterwards he was lucky. Well, yeah, but he's lucky every time he does it. That's the thing with Mark Marquez, isn't it? That is the specialty about him. But but that one little mistake just allowed Dovey those five feet he needed to get on top of him, come down that uh, the downhill straight, the back straight. And that pass, wasn't it, down to turn 11, was so impressive. How did he do it? How does he manage it? I'd go back to the absolutely perfect turn 10 he had to absolutely. do to put himself to give him the launch to get to make that i think that's probably just as important if not more important jules keeps looking at me for, for vindication in that and you're bang on dead <laughs> right you've hit it back on the mark he did no he didn't protect that corner at all he got great drive out of it that yeah. put him to the shoulder but i think you're right as well gav down into that turn 11 yeah. a you can't appreciate from the camera angles mm how downhill that is or how downhill it continues to be when you're trail braking in a corner in the wet. I mean, Michelin tyres at, at Motegi, I have never seen tyres stick as well as they were sticking. Yep. Yeah, Ever. that combination of tyre and track there were, were impressive in the wet conditions. I just wonder, Jules, though, in terms of the psychology, the mental side of things mm. now, he's won in the wet in a proper head, hand-to-hand battle. He's done it in Austria early on in the season. Well, where's the mental state of these two riders Well, now? we said it on Thursday in Japan after the press conference. Blimey, Dovey's a bit... He's never a boastful man. It's quite the reverse. But there was steel in him, wasn't there, when you heard him confidence. talk about... Confidence. Not arrogance. Confidence. Exactly, Keith. And can I just say that Marquez incident, where he nearly turn eight, was it, where he nearly tipped yeah. off? 
It is amazing, isn't it? What tiny, tiny events that whole world championships can pivot on. Yeah, small margins. It's what we're dealing with all the time in, in this championship. Um, just something, though, on when you were mentioning there about Dovic, he's such a changed man this year. I, I've seen races in the past where he wouldn't necessarily have made the move. Where's it all come from, Keith, do you reckon, this year? Confidence takes a long time to build and seconds to knock down. Dovi has looked better and better this year, off track and on. I always like the way Hodgie always is about body language around the paddock. You know, the old chest feathers get poked out a bit further. And Dovi's at the moment, he's confident, he bounds about, he looks happier. He always, he always looks a bit hangdog, doesn't he, in the mornings. He always looks a bit miserable because he's so focused on what he's doing. His face, when he's focused, is not a happy face. But all of a sudden, he's, he's sort of just that little yeah. bit extended. He's just that little bit more confident off the bike as and well. And he talks about the team so much as how this mm. is not just him. It's people in the garage belief, as well. Belief behind the scenes. And that whole race, the way he rode it, he rode it as we would expect Dovi to do, with intelligence. He'd covered all the angles, all the margins he'd worked out, but the extra bit was he did turn 11. That's the extra Dovi that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, so, Ducati, we almost expected him, I suppose, in Japan. We expected that was a place Ducati could take points. But three rounds to go now. Phillip Island uh, here in Australia, Sepang in, in Malaysia, and then Valencia, the final round. Is there an advantage at any of those tracks for the Ducati or Honda? Well, we saw what it can do here. So we know it, we know it can go well here. But again, I don't think we're, we, we, there's no line that you can take this year on, yeah. on the Ducati. A Ducati is performing differently on every single racetrack than, than before. And with the tyres changing as well, we've just looked at the tyre charts for here. I mean, we've got asymmetric front and rears all the way through the ranges. And different to the test here early on in the year, Yes, is my understanding. It's like goalposts keep moving mm. all the time, and these teams are working so hard to keep up with that, the evolution of the year. I would say the one place I think Ducati probably starts, as in, in Mategi, with a small advantage is Sepang yeah. in a week's time. Uh, but here, you, would you say, is more Marquez territory? I mean, he was leading here last year by a couple of seconds under a bit of pressure from Cal, but he dropped it in the cooler I, conditions. I, I don't oh, see hang on a minute, that counts. <laughs> Being put under pressure and dropping it really yeah. does count. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see... Uh, I, I'll go absolutely what Keith said about the goalposts moving around in three dimensions this year. I don't know what's going to happen here. Well, weather has, a lot, a weather has a lot to do with it. Mm. Yeah, said how's me, that going to play into it? Well, somebody it, said to me this morning, if you don't like the weather in uh, Phillip Island, wait for five minutes. And it will change because it already has today. We've had winds, we've had heavy rain, we've had a bit of sunshine in the middle of the day. Um, so does that benefit anyone in particular of the two of them? Well, I think we've just seen it, haven't we? I mean, Japan, you couldn't have had you know, monsoon conditions in that way. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it just goes to show you what they're both capable of in wet or dry. We had, you know, Austria, where the two of them, the only thing that was missing from that, that last bend manoeuvre was the, was the flick of the hand, <laughs> the dismissive flick of the hand that we had in Austria. But uh, I love the way this time it was, yes, I am expecting it. Yes, it comes, here it is, and I come across the line and I've... But done... how clever is that? Yes. Oh, wonderful. And how cool is that to... Do what you said you'd do. Saying it is one thing. Doing it, not panicking, not reacting twice. to a lunge. Twice. <laughs> twice is so brilliant. Well, let's have a listen to what the top two had to say before this weekend here at Phillip Island. Mark, of course, not the result you wanted last time out in Japan, but we come to a track that we know that you're going to go well on. We know what happened last year, though. So you have a bit of a revenge mission this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, we are in an amazing uh, track, amazing uh, weekend, because uh, Philip Island always is special. Uh, it's an amazing weekend because the track, I like it, one of my favorite ones, but also because the weather is uh, really unstable. 
I mean, uh, we you you need to adapt because the the wind can change, uh, can be really strong. Then in the next session, no wind or change the direction completely. So uh, you need to adapt uh, really quick. Uh, and we will see during the weekend if we can uh, be strong like uh, like we did in uh, in Motegi. But on Sunday, try to finish in front of Dobby. That will be the main target. I remember this was the race last year. You'd won the title and you changed the chip again. You could attack. I just wonder if it changes again this year because 11 points, it's a, a very different prospect, isn't it, coming here this year compared to last year? Of course, of course. Last year I arrived here after winning the, the championship. I mean, uh, no pressure, extra motivation. And then you try a few things that uh, sometimes it's not working well. But uh, the good thing is that I was leading the race uh, by two seconds, more or less. Uh, and yeah, I was enjoying the, the weekend. Then I crashed. But, uh, but the level was there, uh, so this year maybe the approach of the race is different, in a different way. Uh, I need to be fast, I need to take a risk, but always try to control, try to manage, uh, and uh, we will try to be strong, but uh, be in a, in a good position to, on, on Sunday. Dovi, another brilliant performance last time out. Races like Mategi, like Austria, early on in the season when you, you've worked these things out, how much confidence, how much does that... Uh, Get your team together, ready for these final three races. Yeah, exactly. In, in Austria was uh, something amazing. But uh, what we did in Motegi, I think it was uh, more important for many reasons. Not just the last lap, but all race, because the condition was very difficult. We did a, a big gap compared to the other riders, so it means we did uh, uh, the difference. And uh, to win in this moment of the championship, it was important. So. Yes, we was in the wet, not in the, in the dry, but uh, um, we confirm uh, we are here to fight for the championship. We know it's, it will be difficult, but for sure we try 100%, like I, I said before the weekend in, in Motegi. What about the Ducati at Phillip Island? Well, uh, I think uh, Ducati can be very competitive here. Uh, also in the past, uh, a lot of riders went well here. So I think it's very important for me to start in the right way, relax and working uh, like we did this, this season because I think the bike uh, maybe it will, be, it, it, it will not be the best in, on the track, but I think it's very competitive. So if, I can, uh, uh, if we work uh, in the right way and in a relaxed way, we can be competitive. How much, we will know. Uh, and also the weather uh, is, is a big part in this uh, track, in the place we are. So we have to wait the condition and see the condition. Dovi, all the best for the weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. So there's the top two in the championship. Not to forget, though, that Maverick Vinales is still 41 points off the championship lead and mathematically in with a shout. He was also extremely fast in pre-season testing at this track, but he was P9 last time out and he has suffered for this second half of the year. What are we going to get from Maverick this weekend, do you reckon? He's all over the place. I mean, I think we, we talked about parameters earlier changing. I mean, Maverick's face alone in, in press conference or otherwise, I mean, I think probably once he settles back to the fact that he's not going to win a world title we might see him move forward again and it's almost like he needs to take a deep breath sit back with the team and get the best out of what's going on I spoke to him earlier and he was talking about 2018 already which was for me quite telling and I think Rossi as well I think the whole Yamaha team is thinking that way but Maverick more publicly than the rest I think it's hit him hard 
I think the youngster has had it. I mean, we all, well, no, actually, it was me and Jules, I think, when we did that thing on the top of the KTM um, shed. In Germany. In Germany. We, we, we kind of predicted a, a comeback after the summer break, but it really hasn't materialised. The, the, the problems have been so deep-rooted for, for Maverick. He hasn't been able to get, you know, Valentino, with all his vast experience, has managed to just eke something mm. out of it, even with a busted leg. But, but really, Maverick hasn't. Yeah, I asked him about what went wrong in the wet race. He said, you better ask the engineers. Which for me said a lot. But he, he was talking after that race, Gavin, about being happy to get in the top ten. Mm. Yeah, it's there's something wrong there. If it rains this weekend, they drastically need to find something uh, quickly. And Tech Three again had a better weekend. Nazani was was going well in the race, but Zarco right up there, able to battle. Why, why is that? Explain to me. Old bikes sometimes, old setup, old data. You know, even though we're all, we've, we've new tyres and it's all changed. I mean, as a he's a rookie, for flip's sake, he's a rookie, <laughs> and I mean, just fantastic what he's doing. I mean, oh, his position. I mean, I saw Hervé. Hervé, he's got a bigger chest this year than he's ever had. He's so <laughs> puffed out. I mean, the friend, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful story. You know, there should be a film about it. Couldn't agree more. Sarko did ruin his rear tyre and plunged back through the order in the last four laps. Remember. Only finished just in front of Maverick. But still, the satellite yam was the first yam. And according to Jorge Lorenzo, um, he's playing PlayStation when he's out on the bike. That was a little bit of a dig again from Jorge. What's your take on, on comments like that? from uh... Zarco's tough. He's confident. I mean, we've seen him do it to... to if we, I was going to say Barry Sheen then, for some strange reason. <laughs> Must be because we're in Australia. He did it to Valentino Rossi. <laughs> I know the strangest thoughts coming to my head. Um, let's look at it, you, Jules. Uh, he did it to, to Valentino Rossi in Cota, Circuit of the Americas. I mean, the guy's tough. He's not going to give way... And he's in his own zone, Zarco. He can do things. Once he believes he can do them, he does them. Do you and know if you're in his way, move out. Yeah, but do you know what makes me laugh a little bit is that they said the same about Jorge in his time. They said the same absolutely. about Marco Simoncelli. Yes, they said the same about Mark Marquez yes, when he yeah, came absolutely. up. Absolutely. And so that tells me a lot, actually, about what people have some respect. I don't know if it's the right word, but they know that Zarco, as you say, he means business. And if, if you can put the same thing to his teammate, Dovi, He's not being rattled by being pushed and shoved. I mean, Marquez pushes and shoves in, but he don't throw his dummy in the air and, and he, he gets the job done. Somebody said to me, what if Andrea De Vizioso um, does this year what Lorenzo was paid to do next year? <laughs> I rather like that phrase. Oh, <laughs> Write that down, Keith. We're going to steal that. <laughs> Twitter, the wonders of. Sometimes I do follow your lead. <laughs> um, Danilo Petrucci on the podium for the fourth time. This year, 10 seconds uh, behind Dovi, eight seconds ahead of, of fourth position there. Uh, but that first win still eluding him, unfortunately. But this was the first podium, really, that he wasn't regretful yeah. or resentful of something that had happened that he considered stopped him from the chance of the win. He said, absolutely, that was the best I was going to do this weekend. That'll do, mate. The tyre was a bit of an issue, wasn't it, for him towards the end of the race? He and said as well, there's always two other problems, Dovi and Mark. Well, <laughs> and he did say in the press conference just now, actually, we just heard him say there were no team orders. He wasn't moving out the way of Dovi at all. He thought, you know, he was doing, he just moved offline because he made a slight mistake and that's how Dovi got by him. He said Dovi did it on his own. There was, there was no collusion between uh, the Pramac team and the, the main factory. Yeah, Ducati and I just team. spoke to Jorge Lorenzo actually before and he said similar, there are no team orders as such, but he, uh, it, Jorge said, I don't need telling. I know how to act on track uh, if there's something at stake there. But it seems, Jules, 
when he's passed in a race, it's happened over only the last couple of seasons, that something happens there inside Jorge's head. Well, when he got pushed by Zarco, the incident you mentioned earlier, he plummeted back through the field, as he did at the start of the year. And then he did what he started doing at around Catalonia. And his last six laps... He was on occasion the quickest man on track. He was as quick as the leaders. And he set his personal best lap of the race on lap 22. And he went up three places in the last six laps. He's all about rhythm and momentum, yeah. Jorge. He needs to get into his stride. And he needs, you know, usually when he gets away at the front, no one can catch him. Mm. He's that quality. Yeah. But uh, once you rattle him, once Zarco's <laughs> left his imprint on him, that was the end of it. He did fly back through the field after Zarco properly, properly rattled him. I, yeah. I was quite shocked at that because, I mean, this is quite a tough sport and people are going to make quite tough passes on you. And if you're underneath someone and you roll them up onto the kerb, that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yes. to say. Yeah. Not as if Jorge's never done that to anybody himself. No, exactly. He's, <laughs> he's given it. He needs to take it sometimes, doesn't he, as well. I just want a quick word on the Brits. Um, good ride from Sam Lowe's last time. Uh, mixed... Actually, not too bad for Scott Redding. It dropped away towards the end of the race. Cal Crutchlow, though, has worried me in the wet this year. We were talking about him winning races last year. He was furious with how his bike hasn't been working in the wet this season. What's that down to? Again, <laughs> it's getting the setup to suit the tyres. It's all changing all of the time. And that's a situation you can go to McPhee in Moto3, which I'm sure we will in a moment. You know, the balance of that motorcycle. You know, the team said that, that, that you know, we can't go any softer because it's... it's but then all of a sudden, Olin's come up with a couple of even softer springs and suddenly McPhee's getting feel. It's all about feel. In the wet, you need to get the transition of weight front to back, back to front. And somewhere, Cal and the team have missed the mark that they're looking for. He doesn't have the feel to do what... They do because magic he's on such these. a good wet weather rider. Yeah, well, We've they do, seen it they, so much They in do the magic on... The, the, the good guys in the wet are... You know, even old motorcycle racers look in and go, wow, how's he doing it? Well, because it, they've got the feel. If we discount Mark Marquez, Honda had an awful weekend. Exactly. Danny Pedrosa had some sort of tire issue, dropped down the field. And retired. Danny Pedrosa yeah. retired. Mm. And the, apart from Marquez, the first Honda home was Rabat in 15th place. Mm. And that's, what, what does that say? Does it say about Honda or Mark? I'm it says sure. Honda to me. Well, yeah. It says both, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> effectively. Yes. Yeah, quite correct. Right, let's move on to Moto2 now. A brilliant win in the end for Alex Marquez. Judged it. Really perfectly for someone who had to retire in the previous race, uh, race through injury, of course. He was getting pains in his leg, or lack of feeling, actually, in his leg. It was a good ride, wasn't it, from, from Alex? Quality. Not I mean, someone a, we think of as a wet-weather rider. It's a quality ride. I mean, the, the thing is, though, he's now in his zone, isn't he? It's the same with Moto3. It took him three years to get to the pace where he's at, a you know, world championship contender. Same thing I feel with Moto2 now. But, again, it's... It's been a funny old year in Moto2. I mean, the guy who's leading it is leading it by not very many points, and yet he's won eight races. It's incredible. And the, and the nearest man to him has won two. <laughs> and it's only two because of what happened uh, last time out, of course. Um, Frankie took three points out of Tom Lutey in the race, but then Sunday evening we got this announcement that Domi Egeta's result from Mizano had been uh, wiped off the blackboard. Um, the what's result, gone on there? The result being a win, of course. Yeah, he got 25 points. Tom Lutey's been second. He's promoted to the win. What's happened? Can you explain to me everything? what's gone on there? Yeah, I mean, Something to do with the oil? Passini lost his points when they... They do an A and B sample, so... Danny, of the oil in itself? Yeah, yeah. Of the oil that's in there. They, the engine oil. It's, it's uh, Danny Aldridge, technical director. There's been rumours around the paddock that there's been various additives and the like. Right. Danny's picked up on that. 
He's heard some of the rumours, not about any specific team or any specific rider or anything like that, just a little bit of a buzz going around in the paddock. So he's increased the amount of samples they take. They have to take two samples. Bearing in mind that Dorna, FIM, Erta are paranoid about outsourcing stuff. Mm. Outsourcing the check on oil is very difficult because they can't monitor that themselves. It's yep. being done by an outside well, organisation. So what they've had to do is cover off all the other possibilities. Like somebody said, well, it might be that the crankcases hadn't been flushed out properly. Well, that's an, a, that could be a slight against Extern Pro, who yes. are the refreshers. But there, is, there was nothing in the oil that was anything like a washing fluid or, or any of the things that are mm. used by any of the other processes that go into the motor. There was no fuel mix that had come down into it. There was no elements of any other stuff that no. could have come from anywhere else other than a source being added to the oil. Which, now, sorry, Jules. I we should point out that this is a very complex piece of chemical analysis that only a really quite sophisticated laboratory is able to do. It's exactly the sort of thing you cannot do with a van and a mass spectrometer in the paddock. No, it's not. All you can do is make sure that they test for all the other things that might have contaminated it from where it could have come from in the paddock. So th when the team are flatly denying it, and I've, had a, I've spoken to Stefan Kiefer, and uh, his explanation was, look, we might have used another oil at, an, at a test, or, but we categorically did not use anything other than the specified oil. Doesn't matter. I don't care. Mm. The fact of the matter is there no, was no, something, he, there was something in it that shouldn't have been in it. If yeah. they used another specification of oil, why? Why would you use another specification of oil in your test? Why would you do that? I've, I've heard other people have done it in tests But why well. would you do it? I have well, no idea. Well, the only reason you would do it is, I, I, in fact, I can't imagine why you would do mm. it. It's not in short supply. The point being is if you have done that and you have an element of something that's in that other oil that's still in your crankcases when you tip your own oil in it. I don't even do that with my car, I make but sure. That's, but that's what I think might, is one of the things they're saying might have been the issue. They have got another sponsor. Uh, they have got an oil sponsor of their own, of which they have used in test. Well, that's okay. Then I'd oil. make sure he gives me the money for the points. Yeah. But anyway, this is uh, all obviously left it now. Instead of it being... 24 points, the gap between them, it's back down to 19. So actually, Lutie's come out the weekend having gained a couple. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? How <laughs> things can. And that non risk taking at San Marino now looks like a very, very sensible move. Well, or In not. Hindsight. Or not. Because it could be the crucial points that he could have to win this world champion. I mean, who would you bet your money on? A thruster like Frankie Morbidelli or the thinking pro veteran like Thomas Lutie? I tell you what, my money would go to the Italian every minute of every day, but could easily be proved wrong by the stable and, and continually scoring points every single round, Thomas Lutti. We were almost asking the same question in Moto Grand Prix. Yeah, that's a good point about Do Dovi being the professor. Yeah. Uh, and will he take a risk? Well, he didn't the other week, did he? Mark ran away. Dovi couldn't do it. Yep. Had to drop off. This time, though, he took the risk because he felt right. It's a tricky one. Those guys are so on the edge out there. I mean, it, it's going to be a really interesting end to the season. But 19 points means as well that um, Frankie almost can't take the risk because he drops it and Tom can take a first or a second and be in the lead in the championship. He can be right there. Uh, having spoken to, to Thomas earlier, he, he says, I know I've got to get myself 
and another rider between myself and Frankie before the end of the year. He can't three first places wouldn't necessarily win the championship mm. if if Frankie was second. Um, so it, it it does I don't know put something into Frankie's head at least, doesn't it? That's going to be the test. Yeah, that's exactly. Here that. we go. Can Frankie actually get it done? Get knock it back a notch and. Uh, or will his concentration go and there'll be a mistake and play into the hands of Thomas Lutie, the Moto2 professor? Well, talking about how things are getting going to get into people's heads, Romano Fanati winning last time out. Uh, the gap in Moto3 drops to 55 points between himself and Joan Mir. Uh, Joan Mir still, as in Japan, if he finishes first or second, is the world champion. Um, but uh, have we got... A title still on here well we've got the Danny Kent versus Miguel Oliveira syndrome haven't we I mean it's at the end and funny enough he's on a leopard as well which is even more you know what I'm like with those kind of um, I like those that things lined symmetry up that yeah. likes. Um, no I don't I don't think so I think Joe Amir is a fantastic rider and I, I'd be amazed if he if he squandered that but, kind but of but was 17th place did you see that as coming down to he had a mare of a weekend the yeah. whole weekend from right free from practice one. one exactly yeah, from Not, free didn't practice work one. at any point did Not it? at any point during the course of the weekend could he get that bike where he needed it to be. So, I think it was just one of them blighted weekends. Okay, things. so but with tricky conditions again here this weekend, you if you see Fanati winning this race and you've got 30 points with two to go, that changes it significantly. Well, that, that only happens if Mir doesn't score again. Of course. And I, I don't see a repeat. No. I really don't. Not at a track everyone loves, rain or shine. I mean, this track is the rider's track. Very interesting to see when it, what goes on in uh, Moto3. We look forward to it. We look forward to hearing your commentary throughout the weekend, boys, as well. Uh, remember, of course, at home, tune in to BT Sport 2 this weekend for all the action from Phillip Island. Get the coffee at the ready. Uh, we'll see you over the weekend. Goodbye. Right.